There she is. Okay. <laughs> you always worry me. Worry me. You get to, get it to nine twenty nine before you pop up. <laughs> I'm like, am I gonna have to talk to them? I'm sure you've always got a backup. Oh, you know me. I've always got thousands of backup talks. <laughs> Hey, Bob. It's good to see you. Hi, Dee Nice to be here with more people. <laughs> I always tell people it's nice to see half of your face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How's everyone? Doing well, you? I'm doing all right. I got about an hour and a half of sleep last night, so. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, well, it's my own fault. Stop that. When I say later, I don't mean two minutes later. Okay, we're going to hope that my PC doesn't shut down on me. Freaking what up. happened? Microsoft updates. Oh, gosh. And Microsoft is demanding. <laughs> I told it later. I told it later when I first logged on this morning, and it gave me fifteen minutes. <laughs> That's not what I mean by later. Right. At least Apple says this afternoon, tonight. Yeah, exactly. Apple, you get to say. <laughs> later means nine o'clock tonight. Okay, well, we'll keep going. Uh, do we have any announcements planned? Um, yes. So, today after practice, we're actually busier after practice than we are at practice today. Uh, right after practice, David is going to give an introduction to uh, Discord, which is our community server, so it's where you can go and chat with other members, have group chats, uh, discussions, shared meditation, etc. Uh, it's a really cool thing. Um, I guess all the youngsters are using it now, and I'm actually getting used to it, so <laughs> I'm trying to be on there as often as I can. Um, right after that, we'll have our board meeting, um, and then at noon, we have our book club. So, <laughs> we have a busy morning this morning. Um, you're welcome to stay online for any of that, or if you want to skip the board meeting and come back for the book club, that's fine too. Um, We are continuing to work at the community garden, and I'll let Mary speak to that. Morning, everybody. Um, yeah, I've gone one time. I was supposed to go yesterday, but I wasn't feeling well enough to go. Um, but as far as I know, things are running smoothly. Um, I know that with you know COVID and everything and, and everything, it's hard for people to get out, but. I just want to let you know if you have any uh, fears or trepidations, it's outside. Uh, it's 
it's not a huge garden, but there's 18 beds and you can spread out. Um, if you want to bring family, friends, all are welcome. It doesn't have to be somebody who RSVP'd. Um, so just ch keep checking the website. It's under calendar events. There are shifts. And once again, you do not have to commit to the entire thing. You RSVP for that time amount. But you can come um, and we appreciate any help. We're still cleaning beds. Um, we really could use someone with a weed whacker if anybody out there has that. Um, and then hopefully in May, we're projected to actually start sowing seeds. Is that the right term? I think so. Planting the seeds in the ground. <laughs> City kid. Okay, thank you. That's about it. Thanks, Mary. Um, so anybody else have announcements today? Um, I heard that we have a new student. We do have a new student. My, our own Sangha member, Molly, is starting to study with us for ordination. Welcome to the Sangha, uh, to the OPB Sangha as opposed to the COCPB Sangha, uh, Molly. And um, so we will look forward to working closer with you and get you up here giving talks yourself before too long. Um, Actually, thank you for reminding me. That brings me into the retreat. We are having a OPB retreat the weekend of August, uh, April 1st through August. I keep saying August. <laughs> April 30th to May 2nd. There we go. Um, that's going to be the order retreat, but we're opening it to everyone anyone who wants to attend on that Saturday, April 1st, uh, May 1st. Goodness, I can't get my month straight. Um, so that's April 30th through May 1st, is that correct? Oh, uh, Nate. <laughs> well, I've still got it. It's still up and running on my phone. <laughs> but... Um, but I don't think I've got, can you all hear me online? Yeah, I didn't turn on audio there because it gets feedback. So that's April 30th through May 1st, is that correct? Yeah, it's May 1st that we have the open to all. Very good. And where is that located here? Online. Oh, it's We're online. Okay, thank you. Okay, can you all hear me now? Okay, I'll switch back to the computer once it finishes updating. Microsoft don't take no crap from anybody, just cut off. Um, so, April, uh, May 1st will be the open to anybody day of the retreat. We'll be putting out the schedule once we finalize it, which will probably be next week. Um, but you're welcome to join either here in person or online. It will include members of uh, the Centers for Pragmatic Buddhism in St. Louis, here, and in um, Scotland. So um, last year, or for the fall retreat for our Open to All, we had like, yes, we had probably 30, 30, 35 people oh, yeah. for the Open to All day. So a nice time to meet some of the other people who are practicing in this style. 
Um, so I'll put out more information about that as time gets closer, but just put it on your calendars. Can and, we have, um, for people who are either vaccinated or comfortable um, locally, can we be at the center? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, because we'll, we'll be broadcasting it here. Looks like it's finished the update. Yay! Okay, I'll switch back to the other one. Hold on. Um, and And the final announcement is wanting to wish a happy birthday to Al. Al, happy birthday. And thank you, thank you. As I said, uh, 39 again for the 13th time. <laughs> 39 and holding. Yeah, exactly. When you let your hair grow gray, you can't say that. So, every ounce of 47. Okay, we're almost there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Technology, you gotta love it. I always say that when someone is waiting on me, I'm always like, hurry up, hurry up. But when I'm waiting on someone, I'm like, eh, take your time. <laughs> okay. Now we're switched back to the way things are supposed to be. still hear me? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Didi, are you going to ring today? I will ring today. I stole my bell back from Vincent for the morning. <laughs> well, we will go ahead and begin practice then. Body, space, and mind in perfect harmony. I send my heart along with the sound of this bell. May all who listen to it be called to mindfulness and transcend anxiety and sorrow.
May the fruit acquired by our practice extend to all living beings. We live in the universe connected to all beings. There are those who are in need of physical healing. May they receive care and medicines for their healing. There are those who are in need of mental and emotional healing. May they receive care and medicines for their healing. Among this community, we have the following intentions. May we hold these thoughts in our minds throughout the coming week. We are aware that our interconnection can extend through space and time, and we send our desire for protection to all. Like the Bodhisattva of compassion, we hear and respond to those in need. So one of the topics for this month on our liturgical calendar is uh, Zazen, or awareness cultivation. And um, when someone joins um, the monastic order, they get a handbook of sorts called um, OPV and Introduction. And so for the Gatha this morning, what I'd like to do is read the section entitled, Why We Sit. So let me go over there. If we go back historically to the Buddha, he tried to eliminate unsatisfactoriness in his life by practicing and mastering many of the trainings available in his time, but found them all unsatisfactory in themselves. Finally, he resolved to just sit under the Bodhi tree until he had achieved full realization. It was this just sitting that finally allowed him to let go of his attachments and cravings and realize that our condition is already unified and we create unsatisfactoriness and anguish for ourselves by insisting that it is not. Sitting in pragmatic Buddhism is the same sitting of the Chinese Chan and Japanese Zen Buddhist traditions. We sit with no other goal than to cultivate awareness of self and world and to begin seeing that the two are in actuality one and the same. We sit to understand the causal world out there is also the causal world in here. We sit to see there is no distinction between mind and body. We sit to realize that dualism is the illusion, the belief that the world is separated into two realities, mind and body, self and world, us and them, self and not self, Indeed, we realize and see our world is characterized by holism. And this way, if we are true to our unified experience, excuse me, unified condition, we must not seek special experiences that ultimately serve to confuse and conceal our holistic experience. Turning inward into the self at the exclusion of the world outside is propagating the problematic belief that the world is too. The Buddha taught we must practice with intent to unite oneself with their world, not in a magical way that only occurs during ritual and transcendental meditation, but by living our everyday lives with the understanding that our world is not two. Self is seen in our minds and the sensations that enter it. While sitting, we pay attention to our own mind as well as the worldly sensations that enter our, our consciousness, and in this way, we embrace our, embrace our holistic condition, 
for what it is. That's not the entire section, but it's most of it. For the Heart Sutra today, I would like to do um, alternate number two. All things are insubstantial and fleeting. My body is insubstantial and fleeting. My mind, my my perceptions, my thoughts, my my consciousness, consciousness, all all these are are insubstantial and fleeting. This This is is the perfect perfect wisdom. wisdom. This This is the the release from suffering. suffering. To reside in receptive emptiness, fixed on nothing, nothing. secure in nothing, nothing. clinging to nothing. nothing. Assuming nothing, nothing, believing nothing, expecting nothing, nothing, excluding nothing, fearing nothing, resisting nothing, isolated from nothing, independent of nothing, always moving, moving forward, the ceaseless flow of the present. This is nirvana. So this morning, we'll be discussing Zazen from a pragmatic Buddhist perspective. I often say that if you ask a thousand Buddhists, I'm wanting to learn more about Buddhism, what book should I start with? You'd get a thousand different answers. The same applies for advice about Zazen. Each person will offer advice on what you should focus on, how to clear your mind, how long you should sit for, what your goal should be, and on and on. During a yoga class once, we were working on a pose which involves standing on one foot, and inevitably, someone said, my balance is terrible. And immediately, the teacher replied, of course it is. You just started practicing. Have you ever noticed how when it comes to things like playing a sport, playing an instrument, learning a trade or a craft. It is simple common sense that a novice will not have mastery over what it is they're trying to learn. But when starting out with meditation, it seems like people expect themselves to be good at it from the first. There seems to be this, this expectation that when you meditate, you should be able to clear your mind. Maybe that's why we think we should have a successful sit, whatever that is. Shouldn't we be able to sit down, clear our mind, and have a transcendental experience from the very beginning? When put that way, doesn't that sound kind of silly? Zazen, or awareness cultivation, is our primary meditation method in pragmatic Buddhism. Like a regular workout, sometimes you're excited to sit. Sometimes you'd really just rather drink your tea or get that extra few minutes of sleep. Most of the time, Zazen isn't exciting. It doesn't transport you to other places. When I first began practicing, I would enjoy the floaty feeling I got from when I was able to drift, half aware of the world. That may be some form of meditation, or maybe I was half asleep, but it's not awareness cultivation. I 
I used to feel that I was drifting through life without intention, bouncing into people and events and then reacting to them. I had little awareness of how my words and actions affected those around me or even myself. Zazen has taught me to be aware in almost every moment. The more we're aware of everything around us, the more intentionally we live. The more intentionally we live, the more we can affect events and circumstances that have a positive impact on ourselves and those around us. I feel that we make sitting meditation more complicated than it has to be. We castigate ourselves for the thoughts we have while sitting when the brain is just doing its job. We take in information and the brain stores it, categorizes it, and will sometimes give it back to us at the most inopportune times, like when we are sitting and have nothing to do but pay attention. I often say that these thoughts are like a child that needs attention from a parent. A persistent thought will sometimes keep coming and coming, and maybe that one you should pay attention to. Possibly it's something that you need to think about or work on. But in the main, these thoughts can drift in and drift out if we let them. They don't mean anything, just like people who pass by as we sit on a park bench. But we analyze what we're thinking about during our sit rather than simply sitting. It's called awareness cultivation, not awareness perfection. Nothing is mastered the first or even the 500th time you practice it. That's why it's all practice. We develop, we refine our competency with awareness. It happens slowly over time. Another question I get asked is how one should begin. Should I recite something, bow or read something? Should I just sit down? In pragmatic Buddhism, these choices are all up to the individual. Personally, I clean and sweep my space, water my plants if they need it, light incense, recite the refuges, and then sit. This is what works for me. But whatever gets you in the space you need to be in is what you should do. Now, I don't mean to say that zazen is easy. Like most simple things, it can be difficult. To say, sit and be aware, sounds like the easiest thing in the world, right? In practice, though, we learn that it is not always the case. We fill ourselves up with distractions specifically to stop noticing what's around us, to stop noticing how we're feeling physically and emotionally. Distraction, by definition, keeps us from being aware of ourselves and our environment. The fact that it happens to you doesn't make you a bad meditator. This is a habituated behavior that you can unlearn. I'm going to say that again. This is a habituated behavior that you can unlearn. As we practice over time, we see so much more of what happens around us. We may notice that our spouse is unhappy. We may notice how beautiful the smile of our best friend is. We may see for the first time how truly unhappy we are in our work. When we become more aware, we have to make decisions about whether or not these things need changed. And that right there is the scary part. 
Awareness causes us to see the need for change. When we see that need, we have to decide if we will act on it. Change is hard. Change can be exciting, but it can also be frightening. I'd like to close with this. Taking on a regular sitting practice can be many things. It can be peaceful, stressful. It can bring up old trauma and force us to deal with it. It can be beautiful and boring as hell. But over time, we are training ourselves to live with more and more intentionality, which causes us to reduce suffering in ourselves and in others. This is important work. And while you're doing it, you need to let go of the judgment that you're doing it badly or that you should be further along, whatever that means. Sometimes you sit and you just can't do zazen that day. Maybe you'd rather listen to a guided meditation. Maybe you'd rather go to the park and look at the roses. Those are also part of the practice. Remember that your compassion should include, above all else, compassion for yourself. That's where compassion for the people around you, for the world, begins with you. So have your tedious sit, have your sleepy sit, have your sit so difficult you're trembling with it, have a sit so beautiful it makes you cry. It's all part of the practice, and trust me when I say that you are doing just fine. Thank you, Didi. That was beautiful, as always. Um, I the the compassion for self has really been a, an absolute game changer for me, a life changer. Um, through the help of this sangha and the the bits of wisdom, through books that have been recommended. Um, there's, it's really hard for me to put into words the connection between compassion for self and compassion for others. But that whole, like, I'm a knowledge junkie. I've been a student pretty much my whole life in one way or another. Well, or, you know, we are lifelong learner students. But I, I always clung to information, information, and then doing something correctly or having to know everything. And then this whole idea of letting go feeling confident that I have in any given moment what I need and to just kind of stop stressing over the do's, the don'ts, the right, the wrong, and just be, you know, and, and as you said, sometimes you can't sit, sometimes you need, you know, for me it's nature, um, and it is part of my meditative practice. It's not formal meditation, it's an addition to sitting, but it does help ground me and you know, I used to worry about, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm walking in the woods too much, you know, or, or something silly like that, you know, and just letting things go, leaning into what I know to, what I know inside myself and just accepting that and, and letting it be. And that just allows compassion to sort of flow. 
it was Alan Watts I read once that has been left an indelible print, um, likening awareness or being in the present to water and that it will find its way and even if it pulls and sits, it will eventually seep into the ground. So that just left that imagery of just allowing it to be. So thank you very much. I think you and I, our sisters, separated at birth. Um, as some of you know, I lost my dog um, a couple weeks ago. And I took a day off and I went back to work. And I was thankful for work, for a distraction. And every time I tried to meditate, I would just think about dogs because for the first time in 26 years, I don't have one and it would make me cry. And so I would do the, you're meditating wrong. And um, a lot of my learning from this group has come up this week. And so this talk is very helpful um, because I wasn't meditating wrong. It's I needed to grieve more and that's okay. And so I guess that's all I'm going to say because I didn't expect you to cry so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I know that can be really hard to share. And it's so hard because people always think that they're like, not worth grieving that immense amount of process, but it's always worth it because they know you so well. So maybe your dog was just coming back they had when they had the opportunity. If you, you, you ever need anything, you can reach out, okay? I've also recently lost my dog of 15 years. We had to put him to sleep due to congestive heart failure. I am fortunate, though, that my partner has gotten a new dog. So hopefully sometime you'll find your new companion. I think anybody who says that pets aren't worth grief has never had a pet. I actually have a, a, a tattoo because I had a cat for, had her, I had her for about seven years and then she died of oral cancer. And they gave me her paw print um, the day that I had her put to sleep. And I took that paw print to a tattoo artist and said, put it on me. So yeah, pets are definitely worth grieving. I am. Um... We were lucky enough enough to host Lama Kathy at the center when we were in Grandview. And um, one of the things that she said was, you know, when you're doing your uh, sitting meditation and something keeps coming up, whether it's, you know, grief or you know, whatever it is, maybe that's the thing that you should um, stop your awareness cultivation and try to get to the root of whatever that thing is, you know, follow that path until you get to the, the end. Um, and 
I know for myself, once I name something or once I understand why I do something, um, then that thing will either go away or I will at least have some understanding about what I need to do next. And it's so funny that, like, how many of you have thought, oh, my parent did this, and so that's why I do that. And you think, oh, my gosh, at my age, I should have figured that out by now. But, you know, as someone said, you know, we are lifelong learners, and the hardest, um, the most difficult subject to master is ourselves and our own motivation. And um, awareness cultivation is so so good for that because it's a space where it's only you there's nothing else in your face whether you're choosing in that moment to be aware of the room that you're in or whatever it is you're like i said you're increasing your ability to find yourself basically. And another thing, um, Laura brought up something that made me think of this. When we have that moment that we have in every meditation where a thought goes by and you choose in that moment to bring your awareness back to whatever it is on, um, that's a little moment of forgiveness because you're choosing not to take that time to beat yourself up about it. Um, and I think as we have those moments and they build up into thousands and thousands of little moments of, hey, that's okay, I'm doing all right, um, we increase our positive sense of self. And I think that that kind of flows outward too, that we have more forgiveness for others as we do that. Messaging me, so I'll just say thank you, everybody. <laughs> thank you for that talk, Dee. Um, it was really timely for me too. This is Alex, by the way. I don't know why it has me signed in under my yoga thing, but hi everyone. Um, hi Mary. I met Mary. I, I volunteered um, at the garden last Saturday that Mary's organizing. It was really lovely. Um, if you guys have the chance to do that. I highly recommend it. Um, but anyway, um, something just came to mind thinking of the idea of grief. Um, and I've been having a really difficult few weeks and I think, I just now framed it this way in my mind, but I think I'm grieving too. Um, like, the going back into the world, if that makes sense. Um, like with everything opening up, I'm a really busy person. I'm a bartender and I'm a baker and I'm a yoga teacher now and I work in event production and the past five years of my life, I've always been bouncing around from this thing to that thing. Um, and when COVID happened, although it was really scary, um, 
kind of like everything in my life fell away and I was able to focus on my yoga practice and my meditation practice. And that's what really got me through the year. And by necessity, I didn't have all these distractions. Um, and so in a way it was like a really beautiful time for me and a time of growth and peace and quiet. And now that the world is like happening again, I'm really busy again and I'm working a lot and I'm bartending a lot. And um, I'm just really struggling with the transition and like afraid that I'm going to lose the things that I gained and the time that I gained with myself um, over this past year. And so I've just been, it's been difficult. And this week I told myself, I think you just need to start cultivating meditation practice again. Like you just need to carve out time in your day and sit down and sit with yourself and sit with these feelings. Um, and that's really hard for me to do when I'm busy because I'll do anything else too distract myself so but I was like this week I want to do it um and I'm going to start by going to Buddhist Center on Sunday because I don't come every Sunday because sometimes I'm up too late on Saturdays and so anyway um yeah just hearing you say that really affirmed my intention for the week and the importance of making time for meditation so thank you Hi, Alex. It's nice to see you here. Um, so at the risk of sounding a little like um, too preachy, I don't know if that's the right word, but I, I really, you really, really spoke to my heart because this whole year um, with the pandemic and everything has so massively, intensely impacted my life. And I totally understood what you said about, you know, this whole thing of getting back to the world. And I have found that solitude is really my friend, and if you would have ever known me before, you would be like, what the, like, like what? And um, I started getting like really anxious about like the world starting up, and all I wanna say to you, again, and I'm sorry, like I'm, I'm giving so much advice, but I'm doing it with so much love. You really can make, you really can make decisions in your life and orchestrate your life so that you stay, that you give yourself a lot of compassion. And I know when it comes to jobs and money and all that stuff, it may seem like I don't have a choice, but I just wanna beautifully, lovingly remind you that you do have a choice and there are ways to hold on to the stillness that you found even moving forward. And I, I wish you all the best with that. Uh, hi, my name's Pud, and uh, I uh, just had uh, surgery where they take your eyelids and cut out part of them so that your eyelids don't droop over your eyes and restrict your uh, vision. So I've been, uh, this, is, this is eight days out, so <laughs> my black eyes are nowhere near as bad as they, they were. Um, during this time, uh, we lost uh, uh, one of the cats, and um, we, we don't know, but we wonder if maybe he got a hold of some pain meds I had, and of course that adds a level of guilt. Um, and uh, 
It's interesting that um, some of the pets we've had over the years, they're special ones. There's ones that um, hurt more to lose than others, and this was one of those. Um, I put in the chat the name of a book that we keep, we always keep extra copies of, and we hand it to people who have wasp pets. Um, the last one I gave out, I gave to my mother, who was um, deeply distressed about the loss of her dog, and she did finally tell me that reading helped. I was kind of pleased. Um, this notion of um, compassion.